Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in John 13, and before we start, let's go ahead and open with prayer. Father, I thank you for this time. I'm grateful for the way we get to learn more about you and grow closer to you. I'm thankful that our hearts and our spirits are looked after and so important to you. And I just thank you for the way you love us and you care about us. You're the creator of all, and there's no reason for you to care. I mean, about us on an individual level. It's just amazing. So, Father, I pray today as we read that it be your spirit, your words, your message that we hear, that there would be nothing from me, but it'd be strictly for you and from you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, chapter 13 is kind of an, they're all important, aren't they? It's like I keep saying that. But anyway, so we're going to read real quick. Um, verse one, and then I'm going to read a little bit from Spurgeon, his exposition on that chapter or on that verse. So it starts with, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So then Spurgeon writes, Our Lord Jesus Christ had a clear foresight of all he had to endure. Future things are happily hidden from our eyes. We do not even know the moment when we shall die, nor how it will will be. It is well that it is so, for our Lord was able to anticipate his sufferings by knowing all about them. Jesus knew that his hour was come. It was all appointed, and nothing happens to any of us by accident. Chance is banished from the believer's creed. There is an appointment hour for each one of us, and it will come in due season. Jesus knew that his hour was come, and that he should depart out of the world unto the Father. What a beautiful way of describing his death. Christ's death was certainly a more trying one than ours will be, so that his, this description may apply to ours as well as to his. So, really it's the departing out of the world and, and going to the Father. You know, you think about it. Jesus knew what he, was, what he was going to go through, and yet he didn't stop. He didn't put, a, put the brakes on it. He knew everything that was going to happen, the awfulness of it, yet he continued down that path. Thankfully, you know, sometimes I, I used to sit there and think, oh, I wish I knew what tomorrow would bring. I'm actually really glad I don't. And the fact that Jesus knew everything and what was going to happen and whatnot, it's just more remarkable. And I'm grateful that he knew and still felt followed through with it. Whereas I'm not, I doubt it would, if I knew all the things that were going to happen, that I'd want them to come and happen. So, or I'd have the strength. I'd probably just become a basket case thinking about how challenging they all were. So anyways, with that, let's move on to verse two. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? 
Jesus replied, You do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. So instead of an extreme action, Jesus is like, no, calm down. You just need to take this one action. It's about moderation, right? Typical person, me included, big time. I want to go off and do everything in, to the extreme. And Jesus is like, whoa, hold back there, guy. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. The other thing I think about is the symbolism of how much he loves them, that he would humble himself. And it gets back to yesterday's message, too, or thought process, which is no arrogance, strictly humble, and humility. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a ma messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So I would imagine washing people's feet in that culture was a pretty low activity. And yet here he was, the master, doing it. Again, humility. And even to the point where he, he's saying that the messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. He was sent by the Father, so he never equates himself as being better than, or more, better than God, right? I am not referring to you all, to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fulfill this, this passage of Scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am tell, telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accept, accepts me. And whoever accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. He's still trying to help them understand who he is. Even after three years of ministry, they still don't have a full picture. Makes me feel a little bit better, right? After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was, rec was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and asked, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked, Lord, who is it? I can just picture this, right? Why, why didn't Simon Peter just ask him directly? I mean, <laughs> Jesus answered, It is the one whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took it, took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, what you're about to do, do quickly. And you have to remember, and I hadn't even noticed it various other times I'd read it, where Judas is in charge of the money. And it talks about him pilfering, taking money from it, and being kind of a bad guy in previous chapters. So it's like, I never even picked up on that all the other times I've read. And so now you have it where here he was 
the money handler and now he's he's sitting there and he, he gets given the bread and sure enough his his nature is there and satan enters into him since judas had ch- charge of the money some thought jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor as soon as judas had taken the bread he went out and it was night verse 31 When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself, and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Other Other scriptures call it a new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And I think, before we go further, I think that the love one another is also, you know, he's prefacing all of this with his actions throughout his life and all the miracles and care for others, but then also the washing of the feet and whatnot. It's really building up to that comment, which is love one another. Simon Peter asked him in verse 36, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. That must have been such a shock to to uh, Peter because, you know, he was very confident, might even be a little bit arrogant. And so here he is, Christ is telling him, nope, you're going to betray me and you're going to betray me three times tonight. So with that, it's a pretty interesting set of scriptures. It's pretty famous. And what's interesting is there's not a ton written about that. So with that, I'm just going to close this with prayer. Father God, I thank you for the many blessings you've bestowed on us. I thank you for your word. And I pray that your word would go out and touch hearts. I pray that your message would be what we hear. And your intent and your love for for us would be what we hear. I pray most of all that our spirits would fellowship with you. And that we'd grow closer each and every day to you. May we. Do your will, love others, and bring you glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.